0: Hi, and welcome to the Internet Marketing Show that gives you, amongst other things, simple, proven, and practical steps to build your very own successful online business. Here's your host, the Village Marketer himself, Peter Beckenham. Hello there, and welcome. This is Peter Beckenham, the Village Marketer. And in today's session, we're going to cover how you can empower your prospect. buy what's in their best interests or you can put it another way we're going to cover how to close your prospects on the phone this is a really important skill because when you're using your funnel this is usually the last part of the steps okay and yes you're going to be taking your prospects through a journey an emotional sales sequence on the phone So it's really important that you have a process for running these phone calls because there is a right way to do it and there's a wrong way to do it. Now to help make this session a bit easier for you to understand and to implement and to follow, please have a copy open of the PDF closing on the phone details. Just bear in mind, if you can optimise how you run your phone calls, then you can optimise the results that you're going to get from that this is what this session is all about so let's get started okay firstly let's recap how you got the prospect onto these strategy or sales calls because this is important for you to remember it's important for you to appreciate that you're not just speaking to some random person that you met on the street right you are speaking to someone who has gone through a process with you already It started with you sending them maybe a targeted connection request, and this is important because they're targeted. you already determined from that very first step that they are, to some degree, your dream client, and that's important, okay? And then you introduced them into a messaging campaign, and they resonated and responded to it. They connected with you. They connected with your messages, right? And that too is important to remember. They probably saw your content. They've probably come to see you, I mean, depending on how much they saw, but they've come to see you in some small or larger way as an authority figure. In other words, they've been exposed to you talking about what you do and the problems and the solutions that you can help with. And that is why they probably think to some degree that you are an authority figure. And by the way, that's why they're on the phone with you as well. They have run through your core content piece, more than likely, which is also important because they've gone through your filtering process. Now, if they were the wrong people, they would have been repelled by your messaging. They would have been repelled by your content. But the fact that they've gone through the content piece, that they've been through the filter, that means they've been attracted to you in some way. They resonate with what you're saying. They resonate with the fact that you may be able to help them. So you've already determined by the fact that they've gone through this, that they want to work with you in some way or another. But they're not really sure just yet how that's going to be. So yes, they put their hand up and said, I want to work with you in some way because I have a problem. I see you as maybe a potential solution for me. And so that too is important to remember when you're talking to them on the phone. All these thoughts have been in their mind and they have been processing this. And of course, they booked a call with you. They went out of their way to request time to speak with you. So now think of all the touch points that you were involved with them. They had to go through a content piece that took them on an emotional roller coaster, right? They had to click a bunch of buttons. They had to book a call with you. They had to schedule the call. They had to answer your phone when you called them. The fact is, there were so many points along the way, they actually had to say yes to you. And that even goes back to starting with your initial connection request, okay? They said yes to your initial connection request. They said yes to your messaging campaign. They said yes to going through your article, your authority building article. And they said yes to booking a call. And then they said yes to answering the phone. I mean, there's a lot of yeses, right? So what that means is that they put their hand up and they've said yes, 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 yes. And this is really important for your frame, for your mindset. Okay, you're not getting on the phone with someone who's cold, they are warm, they understand a little bit about you, they also respect you in some way as an authority figure. And remind yourself, they need your help. You're talking to someone who's suffering from a problem. They need help, and without help, they're not going to be served, okay? They have identified themselves as someone that has a problem. You are the expert. You have the solution. They need your help, okay? You're not there to sell them. You are there to serve and to help them. And they've already put up their hand multiple times and said, I've got a problem. I need help. So go into your closing phone call with that mindset. And yes, it's critical. You are there to serve them to their solution. And without you, they don't have a path to getting the help that they need. They need you. That is the mindset you take into the call, and you are, in many respects, doing them a favor by giving them that call. Now, of course, you also need to remember that, I mean, it's a strategy call, but it's also a sales call in a way, and people do not want to be sold to. In this day and age that we're living in, we are well beyond the point where you can just sell to people. I mean, marketing messages and selling are everywhere. We are just constantly bombarded with them every single day. So please, 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 don't just try to simply sell to them. Sure, I want you to win. But I want you to take part in social selling, in relationship selling, in consultative selling, and also in solutions type selling. These are nearly all the same, but the key issue is you are serving people first, not trying to sell them. And of course... You know this already. People would rather do business with people that they know, they like and they trust. Obviously, this is the phrase that is used a lot and may be potentially overused, right? But the reason for it is is it's true. So really what we're trying to do is to get the prospect to know, like and trust us. We're not trying to sell to them. We're trying to help them make the very best buying decision that will solve their problem, their gap between where they are now and where they want to be, between their hell and their heaven. In doing that, we can present a solution and they will gravitate towards the solution. And ultimately, you don't have to sell them in the traditional sense because they are attracted to the solutions that we offer and they want to buy from us. Hear what I say, they want to buy from us rather than you be selling to them. We are offering to strategize with them. We're sitting on the same side of the table with them and we're helping them. But even then, keep in mind that initially people will still be a little skeptical, despite going through your filtering process. In other words, people don't care about you. They truly care about their business and they care about their problems and they care about their lifestyle, not you. So if you can offer to help them, then they will start to care about you as you are the one that can help solve their problem. Make sense? But they're not going to care about you if you just offer them your solutions or your products and services because that's all about you. It's not about them. When you come to them and meet them where they are at right now, when you can help them figure out what they're suffering from and then offer to help them on that front, then that will grow the know, like, and trust factors. So it's important to enable them to get to understand and appreciate you, get to share with you, get the feelings and emotions on the table, and then you'll be able to enable them to make the best buying decision. So what is the hurdle that you need to get over on your phone call? Well, you need to figure out how to get the person you're talking to to feel comfortable with you in the first place comfortable enough to listen to your solution. And to do that, you need to really build up the know, like, and trust factors so that they will hear you. They will listen to you and see what it is you're offering, okay? And the way we do that, and this builds on what I was just saying in a strategy call, we are here to offer them help in developing their own strategies for getting over the problem that they're having right now. And it's through doing that that the solution we offer just makes sense. We're not getting on the phone just to sell them, right? We're getting on the phone to show them the strategies that they need to solve their problems and to get the so-called heaven that they want to be at. And when you help them develop that strategy, it just makes sense that you are the expert that they want to work with to help them implement and execute the strategy that you share with them. So the point is that you're on the phone to strategize with them and to show them how to get there. That is what builds you even further as an authority. Now there are four parts of the strategy session. The first part of your call should be really building rapport, setting the agenda and also setting the frame. And I'll talk a little bit about this soon. The second part of your strategy session is the discovery session. That is where you identify the gap. You're going to discover what is going on with them. That's the gap between where they are right now and where they want to be. And that is a key part of the process. Then part three of your strategy call is when you seek permission to show them the solution to their problem. Help them make the best buying decision. And in so doing, enroll them into your solution, into your program, whatever it is you're offering. Alright? So, let's go back. The first part of the call is where you build rapport. Now, I get a lot of questions about this stage, as many people say, well, should I use a script, what script should I use to build rapport? Well, if you really want to have a script to lean on, then a script can be useful. However, be careful. In my experience, when I was using a script, it doesn't go very well, because the person you're talking to can tell that you're reading or you're relying too much on some sort of template. It doesn't come across as personal, It doesn't come across as authentic. And that means you ultimately can't build that rapport relationship because you just sound a bit like a robot. So a script can be useful, but ultimately what you need is an outline, an outline of the points you want to touch in terms of building rapport. And an outline allows you to be natural. And you can adjust and roll with the punches as someone who takes the conversation one way or another. And you'll always have that outline that you need to accomplish. I mean, it's there with you, right? So it's easier to keep the conversation on track. If you're using a script or you're tied to the script, it can be pretty hard to deviate from it. Or even worse, if they throw you off your script, it can really throw you off your rhythm. And that can compromise your entire call and that's why i'm presenting this session as an outline to you because i think it's better that you understand the big picture of what things should look like in terms of the four key parts of your strategy call as opposed to giving you every word you should say in every part of the call okay because i don't want you to become reliant on the script I want you to become confident in the outline and confident in the big picture outcome that you're trying to seek at each stage of your strategy call. Does that make sense? So to understand the outline, you have to understand the four key parts or the big picture of it, and you'll be fine. I'll also give you some transition things to say to move from one part to the next, okay? So you will get some scripts to go from one part to the other. But within each part, I want you to make sure the outcome is clear to you and you just follow that outcome requirement. And by the way, enjoy the conversation with them, okay? Remember they're there and they need your help. Now the key principles of a strategy session is that your prospect should do most of the talking. You are there to get them to reveal to you what's going on with them, where they wanna go, what their problems are, to identify their gap, and to confirm that this is important to them to solve that problem, to solve that gap. Clarify that this is their main problem. You need to ask simple questions to get your prospect to confirm without doubt this is their major pain, this is their major problem areas, and yes, they want them solved. So your job obviously is to ask questions. I mean, let's talk about the doctor frame, for example. Let's say you're a doctor. You're the expert. You're the person that's there to diagnose and to provide the treatment or the surgery. Think of it like that, okay? You are there to diagnose their problem. You are there to show them the consequences of not fixing their problem. And then you are there to show them that you are the most skilled surgeon that can fix that problem and heal them and make them better. Does that make sense? That's a type of doctor's frame you could have. And I strongly suggest you adopt the doctor's mindset or approach. I mean, that's your frame. The doctor doesn't have to sell. The doctor just asks questions, and that's all you need to do. The doctor, they know the right questions to ask. And by virtue of them asking the right questions, they're showing you that they know what the heck they're talking about, and they're letting you do the talking because they respect you as the authority figure. So your job is to get your prospect to do most of the talking by just asking them the right questions, and then you listen, okay? Now, when you're listening, please, please, please ask permission to take notes, to record the words and phrases that they're using, because when you get to the end of the call, you can reflect those words and phrases back to them, so you're putting them back into their pain. And it's very difficult to deny your own phrases and words. And of course, it's not theory, right? When you use their words back at them, when you reflect their words back to them, you're making it even more real and more painful for them. You're making it very personal indeed. Okay? So when you're taking notes, just write down little phrases they say. I mean, for example, they might say, Oh, I just feel like I'm spinning my wheels. We'll record that phrase and use it later to reflect their situation or their problem. Does that make sense? Because there'd be a lot of little phrases like that. You just make sure you record them, and then use them later. I mean, this is a very effective form of communication. Plus, it makes sure that you are both interested and empathetic. You're not there to sell. You're not there to put one over your prospects. You're there to serve them. You're there to help them. You're there to listen to them, and you're there to understand them. And the more you can show them that you are interested in them as people that you're empathetic to what they're going through, then that is what is going to really resonate with them. That is what is going to build your know, like and trust factor. And they're going to be much more likely to open with you, to be honest with you, to share with you and finally to work with you. I mean, if you're just there to try and close them, then they can sense that. Everyone can smell that and sense that from a mile away. So your phone call should be broken into four parts. As I mentioned before, a good length call for a strategy session should be about 30 to 45 minutes, maybe an hour at the most. And remember, you're talking with a pre-qualified prospect. So let's go back to the four parts of the call. First part, building rapport, setting the agenda and establishing the frame. Identify things that you have in common, for example, such as interests or hobbies or work experiences. Maybe ask about where they live, how long they've lived there, what made you live in that city, uh, what do you like most about it? I mean, look for commonalities between you. But, but, But please don't ask questions that you ought to know the answers to if it's in their profile. If it's in their profile, bring it up in terms of where they live and ask them about particular parts, how long they've lived there, but don't ask them where they live if you can see it in their profile. I mean, if you ask questions that everyone can see in their profile, that'll drive them crazy and they'll realise that you really haven't done any homework, any preparation for them and really what level of care have you got is probably zero, all right? If you want to connect with them on a personal level, then you need to find something in common based on some questions that are not readily available in their profile. And remember building rapport is an ongoing thing in your strategy session. But initially you don't want to go more than say five minutes to start with. Then once you create that initial rapport, then you want to establish the agenda. You are running this call and you want to be very clear to them that they know that you are running this call. You're in charge and you're going to set the agenda for what's going to happen on this call. So you tell them exactly what they're going to get, exactly what to expect from it, and also what the outcome will be, all right? Be totally transparent, but let them know what this meeting is all about and what you're hoping to achieve with them in your strategy call, okay? Now, once you've done that initial stage, As a transition from the rapport building part of the call, you could use something like this. Mary, I want to be really respectful of our time and make sure we get 100% clarity on why we're on the phone today. So to do that, what I find works best is let's take a quick dive into your business right now. And we'll look at what's working for you, what's not working for you, and where you want to go with it, okay? And if I can help you get there, I'll absolutely tell you that. And I will show you the blueprint or the strategy for how to do it. But if I can't help you, then what I'll do is I'll steer you to another resource that can support you to get that outcome. But no matter what we do, you'll get a massive value from this. And I'll make sure you get 100% clarity on where you're at right now. And we will try and have some fun along the way. Now, does that sound fair? That's generally what I say is a transition. And that is how I end that with a question. Does that sound fair? Because then they have to answer. And when they answer yes, they're agreeing to it. So you are setting the terms and then they're agreeing to it. I mean, it's like an unwritten contract, so to speak. It's like a contract that you were signing before the call starts. Now, you want to do this because as the call goes on and they've agreed to the terms, right, It's a very clear direction you've set for them. And if they start to pull back or try to take the conversation off course during a call, you can just remind them that we agreed to this particular agenda right at the beginning of the call. And we want to maximise the time we've got together. I mean, this is important as they may want you to provide coaching to them or give them the solution details or get all the answers for free during a call. And that is not what the call is all about, all right? It's a strategy session where you give them an outline, a series of steps of how to solve their problem. You're giving them the what, but you're not giving them the how. I hope that makes sense. So remember, you're giving them the blueprint or the strategy for how to get to their desired place, how to get their solution. You are not there to give them the solution. You are there to show them simply how to get to the solution. So when you create this agenda at the beginning and you're very clear about it and you get them to agree to it, then you're really setting the stage for a successful call going forward. This is how you clarify what the frame of the call is. The frame is all about the frame of mind that you go into the call with. Plus, you're also letting your prospect know what that frame is and that you are in charge, okay? I mean, you are the one that is there to diagnose them. They're not there to diagnose you. They need help. You're not there to try and sell them. And if the prospect thinks that you're there to sell them, then they're in control then, right? Because you need them. Make sense? The frame is making it clear to them that they need you. So it's a mindset thing. They put their hand up. They've reached out to you. They say, I need help. They do need your help and you are there to give it to them. So please remember this right throughout the whole strategy session call, because when you show up to a call with that frame of mind that they need you, then you will have a different approach, a completely different demeanor. And the demeanor that you take on that call can really be the difference between enrolling them and not enrolling them into your offer, your training, whatever it may be. So at the risk of repeating myself, Remind yourself, even if you have to rod on the wall so you can see it all the times in your strategy call, that they need you. Because if you start to show that you need them, you will lose the call. I hope that makes sense. So as I said before, you're telling the prospect what's going to happen on the call so they know what to expect and you hold that frame. You hold your expert frame. You hold your doctor's mindset approach frame. You are there to help and diagnose. You are there not to sell them. When you help them, the sale will just naturally happen. If you try to sell them, the sale would disappear. Alright, now as we move into the next section of the call, this is where you really want to get deep into what's going on with your prospects. This is the discovery aspect of the call. This is where you discover their pain points. What their whole situation is all about. And you can transition from the first part into the second part using a line, something like this. Great, Bob. So I think the best place to start is for you to give me a brief overview of your business and your role in your business. Use something like that because it'll get them talking, right? You listen, you ask questions to get them to expand or to explain what they just shared. I mean, you need to get them to share on an emotional level. What their pain points are all about. Ask simple questions like, how did that make you feel? Or tell me more about that. Or what happened next? Questions, very simple questions like that, okay? This will get them to really let it all out. They'll tell you all about what they do. They'll probably tell you even more. This is where you take notes. And I'm, as I mentioned earlier, ask permission, but please make sure you take good notes. Capture those certain phrases that you can use and reflect back with them later on. This is the discovery process. This is all about finally establishing their gap between where they are now, that's their hell situation, and what's stopping them from fixing their problem, and finally, where they desire to be. That's their heaven situation. And of course, you can ask them tough questions because you've built up the rapport. And this is why building rapport is so important, because it gives you permission to ask them tough questions. Remember the doctor mindset, okay? If you go to the doctor, the doctor's going to ask you tough questions. I mean, they might ask you uncomfortable questions, but you're okay with it because it's a doctor and the doctor holds the frame. That's what you need to do with your prospects on the call. Remember, that's why you establish that frame right at the beginning of the strategy call, because then it's okay for you to ask tough questions. And and by the way, tough questions I'm talking about is getting the prospects to truly open up, okay? And if they truly open up with you, then you can properly diagnose their problems, okay? So please don't shy away from asking those tough questions. In fact... The more you are willing to get uncomfortable and ask those tougher questions and get them talking on an emotional level, the more they're going to realize that they really do have a problem. And the more they're going to realize well, that they want to fix it as well, right? The more that you can get them to really feel their problems, really feel their pain, to understand the seriousness of their situation and their problems, than to live in their problems and to sit in their problems and to feel their problems. The more you do that, the more powerful your strategy call will be. This part of the strategy call, the discovery session, is the keystone of your success. If you just allow them to ignore and not really confront the fact they've got a problem that they need to fix, then nothing's gonna happen. I mean, for example, let's say you're speaking to someone whose business is falling apart. Go there. Go deep there, focus on that issue, and ask questions like, what does it feel like? For example, how does it feel, or what's the worst part of having your sales decreasing 10% every year? Think about that, okay? Think about the impact that question is going to have on them, but make sure you're empathetic at the same time. Use your tone to show them that you're genuinely concerned for them, not just trying to push crap at them, right, to make them feel uncomfortable. Show that you are genuinely concerned. And if you're not genuinely concerned, then you should not be running the session anyway. You've got to be concerned that their business is decreasing every single year. And then by asking questions like, what's that like? I mean, how does that feel like, Mary? When you do that, that will encourage them to share more with you and become an extremely emotional part of the conversation. If you can get them to open up and you show how much you truly genuinely care, you're going to be amazed at how much they're going to want to work with you by the end of the call. Sure, it would be uncomfortable for them. There's no doubt about that. But they will appreciate you and I will guarantee you nobody has actually taken them through this journey, this experience before. And you are perfectly positioned to be someone that you can trust to help them solve their problem. So when it comes to the discovery section of your strategy call, there's really four main big picture questions that you want to touch on. And four main big picture questions that you want to ask about. I mean, you want to ask as many questions as you need, but don't ask more questions than you need. This is not an interrogation, right? You really want to get through this section in the quickest but most effective way possible. You want to take the most direct route, but also I don't want you to rush it either. Okay? I want you to go deep, go as deep as you can, but make sure you go through the process. So ask as many questions as you need, but don't ask more than you need, all right? Does that make sense? So to help you, here's four big picture questions. Here's number one. This is your transition question that you're using to get from part one to part two. So tell me, Mary, about what you do and who is your ideal client. Encourage them to tell you what they do. You want them to be clear so you know exactly what they do. And then ask something like, why did you get into this business in the first place, Mary? What attracted you to it? This is asking a very certain specific thing. This is about getting to know them. This is about getting to know them on a personal level. Like, what was it that made you start a business like this? I would love to know. Ask them about their passion. Why are you interested in this, Mary? I mean, this is going to set you apart from other people because you're showing genuine interest in them. On a personal level and on a personal level when you keep asking why it's tapping into that emotional trigger that we talked about before and this is going to get them to know like and trust you even more the answers that they give you are going to reveal a lot and once again you can then use those answers you can reflect those answers back to them later on in the strategy session so by asking them Mary why did you get into this business That can also set off an emotional trigger for them. Then the next question would be something like this. Where do you want to be in the next one to five years, both personally and professionally? I mean, you want them to outline to you their dream, their heaven, right? Get them to live in it. Ask them questions that help them to live in it, to feel it. Maybe they say, you know what, I'd, I'd like to get my business cash flow coming in so I can start taking my family on more trips, for example, right? And you show and you listen and appreciate what they share with you, but get more understanding by asking, for example, what would it feel like, Mary, to get your husband and your kids first class tickets or business class tickets to Disney World? Ask them questions that help them live in the moment, all right? Help them feel it. Help them feel the power of their dream, because if they can live that dream, then the more they're going to want to get there, right? And now you're wanting to feel the dream, the plus and the minuses, right? This is the emotional roller coaster you're taking people on. And I'll say it again to you. The more you can help them feel the power of their dream, the more they can live in that dream, the more they're really going to want it. So don't be afraid to go there. Don't be afraid to ask those questions that help them live in their, in their dream, okay? Now, I know it can be uncomfortable, but if you just do it, the results are going to be amazing. And don't forget, you are holding that frame, okay? You are holding the doctor's frame. You're holding the consultancy frame. You are getting the emotions from them, but do not get emotionally tangled up in it yourself. Stay apart from that. Stay apart from that. Get them emotionally sharing with you, but you don't get emotionally involved. That's very, very important. Show you care. Show you understand. That's all you need to do. In other words, it's okay for you to ask these questions because you're the doctor, right? You're the doctor of sales, for example. You built rapport, and now you are diagnosing them so you can help them get the solution that they need. They want your help, right? I told you before. So ask those questions. And then once they have shared emotionally in their heaven, then you simply say, well, Mary, what's keeping you from getting there right now? This is where they're going to tell you their pain points. Okay. Once again, we want to get them to live in this problem. We want to get them to feel their pain points. I mean, they've just outlined for you their dream and their goals, and their happiness and desires, and you've asked them to live in that, and now they're sharing with you the reasons why they can't have the very things that they shared with you that they want so much. So asking the right questions is key, all right? Now part three of the discoveries, then show your solution. Now once again, we're going to transition from part two into part three using a transition line. And here's an example of a transition line you can use. So they just finished telling you about all their pain points, right? I mean, prior to that, they shared their heaven with you and their pleasures and the feelings they had. Then they shared the pain points with you, which is the reason why they can't get there right now, get to their heaven. And they're telling you all the reasons why they're struggling to get where they want to go. And you simply say something like this. Yes, Mary, most of the people I talk to are actually going through the very same problems. Many of them tell me that they are struggling with whatever the pain point is, right? You are certainly not the only one that's struggling with this. Let me tell you what I see working for most people, all right? Now, with that transition line, what you're really doing here is you're showing them that they're not alone, that their problem is very common. And in a sort of psychological way, you're showing them that there's nothing wrong with them as a person. They're normal. It's helping them not to feel bad. So once again, ask them questions that get them to feel it. Because if they can feel it, they're going to understand that they have a problem. And they're going to understand that this problem is holding them back from what they really want to accomplish. Their heaven that they previously shared with you, right? Just like I've spoken about over and over and over in this program, you're going from heaven to hell, from hell to heaven, right? You're going from the pleasures to the pain. And you do this by tapping into these emotional triggers. And you get their emotional reactions because that's what gets people to buy. Emotions, all right. This is why you're running the call the way you're running it. Because you're tapping these emotional triggers all along the line. And this is going to get them to ultimately really want to fix their problem. The more you can make their desires and problems real to them, The more you can clearly get agreement on what is their gap between where they are and where they want to be, the more real your solution will be to them. And the easier it's going to be to make them achieve a buying decision that's in their best interest. It's just going to happen naturally. In other words, you're normalizing the problems and you're normalizing the fact that people have these problems and they also seek solutions. In other words, it's normal to reach out and get help. That's kind of what you're saying to them. Even if you don't say it directly. So you're saying, let me tell you what I see works for most people. Now, once again, we're still in part three, okay? We're showing the solution. We're not selling. This is about providing the strategy that will help them alleviate their pain points. These are the steps they can take. Now, when you're doing this, you want to be empathetic, all right? Once again, we're showing them that we care. We're speaking to them as if they were a friend. You are giving them the strategy or the blueprint or the steps to take to alleviate their pain points with empathy. You have not gotten to the point where you are helping them to make a buying decision. You are showing them the path only. You are showing them the blueprint of the strategy steps, right? You are not selling the solution. Please keep that clear. At the risk of really saying this too often, I'm going to say it one more time. You have to get them to understand the importance of your solution before you go ahead and offer it. Does that make sense? So once you've done that, then you're going to go into the final part of your call, part four, which is where you offer the solution itself. Up until now, you've talked about the the general steps intake, right? This is your time to pitch, if you like that term but I prefer to have a mindset of helping them to make the best possible buying decision. This is the time when you allow that to happen, when you enable them to come to a decision-making point. I mean, you could use a transition, something like, do you see how this could work for your business, Mary? What you're doing here is you're asking them a question about the outline of the strategy. Can they see that that would work for their business? Right? And once again, as I mentioned before, you get him to answer positively. It's very important that they answer this question, because you get getting them to give you an affirmative as to what you're saying. You're saying, do you see how this could work for you and your business, Mary? And when they say yes, they're agreeing to it on a psychological level. In other words, you're getting them to admit that you know what you're talking about, that you have the solution, and they should work with you. So... Use this transition line to move into part four of the call and make sure you frame it as a question. I mean, you've already asked them, do you see how this could work for your business? And they've given you a positive answer. So then you share about your solution by saying something like, my company has a solution that solves this problem. What I do is, and you give an overview of the solution you provide, just an overview. In part three of the session, you told them about what the solution is. So it's not new to them. Now in part four, you're saying to them that you can help them implement that solution as well if they desire it. So it's different now, right? You are selling the solution. You're saying, my company can work with you to implement this strategy for you. Then you would briefly talk about what it looks like to work with you. Show them how you care for your clients. Show them what a pleasure it is to be a client of yours. What can you do for them? Paint that picture for them. Make it easy for them to see what it would be like working with you. And then you can talk about the price. I mean, some people like to shy away from this idea of price, but don't do that. Hit it head on. You want them to know you're not avoiding anything because it's all about the frame, right? If they can sense that you are avoiding the price, then you're sending the message that it's maybe not worth it. But if you are just very authoritative and very positive and you're holding your frame, then you say the price, you're owning that thing. You're owning it, right? And you sound much more confident. You're making it seem like it's a no-brainer. Like the price relative to the value is a no-brainer, right? Or you could say, look, here's the solution, Mary my company will work with you and develop that strategy and help you get that fixed. And all we're going to do is ask you to make an investment of X dollars. Work with us, just X dollars. So you're saying the price, but you're framing it in a way where it's a no-brainer to them. Now, listen for resistance points and address those head-on as well. If you can hear in your conversation what the prospect is worried about, hit those head-on. Because if you're able to handle those resistance points, then by the time you get to the end of the call, they have nothing left to object on. So if you've hit their objections, then they have nothing left to grab hold of by the end of the call because you've already addressed all their resistance points. And it makes them easier, right? Psychologically for them, it makes them easier to make a buying decision because you've helped them overcome The particular challenges and pain points and and fears and objections they had in their mind. Make it easy for them to make a decision. In other words, their resistance points are important things to listen to. And when you hear them, go there. Don't avoid them. Go there. Have that conversation with them. For example, if they say, I really like what you're offering. I really like the solution. I'm just worried a bit about the price. So then you'd say, well, okay, let's talk about that. And you talk to them about that specific point And look at what the value of a new client would be to them. Or look at what the value would be of overcoming the pain they've got. Or look about what, what happens if, if whatever's been holding them back no longer held them back. What would it mean to their bottom line? What would it mean to them personally? What would it mean to their family relationships? And by doing that, you can then position the price of your particular solution against those things, right? And by doing that, you'll find, oh, well, really, it's not that big a price at all. And I value my future with my family. And I would really love to get rid of all these hassles and stresses and strains I've got right now. So go there and address the objections. Put a light right on them and break them down so that by the end of the call, there's no rational objections left, all right? And then once you've gone through that, it really comes down... the next step and actually in a lot of cases you're going to be able to close the deal on the first call that's great and when you just enroll them into your program right and you serve them and you help them get through the problem but on some occasions they may not be making a buying decision on that call for whatever reason I mean it may or may not make sense to you doesn't matter in the next session I'm going to talk to you about uh, objections in more detail right but if for whatever reason It is that they can't come to a buying decision. Then what you simply ask is this. Mary, what would you like to do next? Paint out that next step on a call. Don't just say, look, down the road, I'll reach out to you. And maybe we can go from there. Don't do that. Be very clear as to what the next step is in the process. Asking them permission, what would you like to do next? Puts them in control as far as they're concerned. They don't feel like they've been rolled over and pushed around and sold to, right? And it makes them feel like they've been positioned as someone who's been respected. This is all about holding your frame as well in your follow-up. Be clear as to what the next step in the process is. They like to know they haven't been sold to, but they also need you to be a leader. I hope you can see that. This is all about, as I said before, holding your frame in the follow-up, setting the agenda, as well as creating the expectations up front. So you could say something like this, Mary, should we get another call? How about next Tuesday at 2 p.m.? Does that work for you? Be clear, be deliberate, be specific. So whatever the next steps are, ideally, you're getting them to be making a buying decision with you, and you'll be closing the deal, all right? But if not, still be deliberate and take charge you are the one running the call so you are the one who should be taking charge of what the next step is take control of it and get it done all right so that's the end of this session just as a reminder I've also shared some notes that go with this session and it's called closing on the phone details that talks about what I shared with you on this audio just remember it's a four-step process and if you run your strategy call through that four-step process it's almost like a syntax or a recipe for running the sales call with a strategy call then you will create great relationships have great conversations you develop the know like and trust factor you will set yourself up as an authority that your prospects want to work with Respect, and you will ultimately be growing your business, bringing revenue in and signing a lot more clients than you are now. All right, so I hope you've enjoyed this session, and I'll see you in the next session when we're going to be talking about handling objections in more detail. All right, bye for now. Thanks so much for listening to the Internet Marketing Inner Show with your host, the village marketer himself, Peter Beckenham. For more great content, go online at peterbeckenham.com. We'll catch you next time.